What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to another very special bonus episode of Improv Tabletop, the show that is usually the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, bringing you an iconic waterbender tonight. McKenna Steele, bringing you a fiery firebender. And Thomas, the successor who's a kind of chill earthbender guy. Oh boy... Everybody, we bringing Avatar back. Yes. I am so excited. In our last Avatar episode, we put out the word to ask and see if like, hey, are people actually interested in this? Do they want to hear more? Turns out you guys want to hear more. Yeah, you do. Uh, we received a lot of very positive feedback that we're very, very grateful for. Overwhelming. Yeah. And so we've got some big plans for Avatar content moving forward. We'll talk about that more during the break. But for now, we're going to be doing a Korra era one shot here. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, everybody. If you are absolutely in love with Rokin and Taya and Amar and Fifi and Zhongtao and all them, you'll see them again someday if everything goes according to plan. Uh, but for now, we're going to get some new characters in a new world so that we can show off what's awesome about Avatar Korra's era. So without further ado, let's hop into this new story. In the aftermath of the anti-bending revolution, I think I speak for most of the citizens of Republic City when I say we're ready to blow off some steam. And what better way to blow off steam than with a riveting pro-bending tournament, am I right? Hello everyone, I'm Shiro Shinobi, head commentator for the Republic City Pro-Bending League, reporting to you live from our brand new radio headquarters, built by this season's sponsor, Cabbage Corp. Cabbage Corp. Technological advancement you can trust. That's right, you can. Now let me tell you everybody, we've got an exciting interview ahead for all of you fans out there. For today's inaugural broadcast from the RCPB Tower, I'm joined by one of the most exciting pro-bending teams to hit the circuit this season, the BSSU Bears! They may be the third team to be joining us out of that great city of Ba Sing Se, but they're the first team ever to be sponsored by an educational institution, let alone one so prestigious as Ba Sing Se University. Now tell me, Chen... And Chen, he turns towards you, Chen Zhu. Could you describe your character for us a little bit? Yeah, so Chen Zhu is maybe not your typical pro-bender body type. He's not a bulky, strong individual, especially being an earthbender uh, that would traditionally be in the ring. But he's very lithe, and uh, he's got some uh, dexterity that he hides under uh, a little bit of baggy clothing. He doesn't wear the tight suits like he does in the ring to make sure that he doesn't trip up. When he's in a casual setting like this, he's he likes to wear a little bit of a flowy garment. But with his black hair that seems to be mostly shaven all over his head, not quite buzz cut, um, but a little bit shorter, and he likes to keep it that way. Um, that's what you would see when you see Chen. Yes, you are a successor. That's your playbook. Correct. And you are an earthbender and a technology specialist. Yes, I am both, actually. I took the worldly knowledge move, which allowed me to have both. Very nice. So Shira turns towards you and says, Now tell me, Chen, with Mako working now as a beat cop on the streets and with Avatar Korra reportedly leaving to study in the air temples with former councilman Tenzin, things are looking pretty dismal for last season's underdog favorite, the Fire Ferrets. Not to mention that terrible scandal with their sponsor, Future Industries. Now, Republic City is looking for a new underdog to root for, and the Bears are taking an early lead. As captain of this team, do you think you can live up to your new fans' expectations? Well, Shiro, I feel like the field is ripe for some up-and-coming new talent to really take the field. And I think uh, us as the Bears, and with the backing of Cabbage Corp behind us, I feel like we could really... that this is our season to shine. Uh, Last year was our rookie season, and this one, I think uh, we've really improved on a lot of the mistakes that we had last year, and I feel like uh, this is our year, you know? Yes, obviously you didn't even make it to the finals last year, but now here you are. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, definitely a learning experience for all of us to kind of come together and regroup. But you know, in the offseason... And I turn to my uh, teammates, I go, I feel like we really bonded, and I feel like we really, uh, both on and off the court, I feel like we really grew together so that we could figure out each other's strengths and weaknesses. Now, we hit hard here at RCPB Radio. 
What do you have to say to the allegations that you are aligned with the anti-bending movement? Oh, and, um, and my face starts to falter a little bit there. I go, well, well, Shira, I, I would say to those allegations that um, don't believe everything that you hear in the media. Uh, a lot of times uh, people are just trying to make a headline and trying to hit their deadline uh, and they come up with flashy slogans and uh, they aren't always true. Uh, so don't believe everything you hear, everybody. If you ask me, I think the fact that you are here in a pro-bending team is a pretty good sign that you aren't aligned with those horrible people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's a good point there, Shiro. And uh, start to dab a little bit of my forehead uh, at that comment. Uh, isn't Chen a delight, everybody? Now, Ami. And he turns towards Ami Len. Could you describe yourself for us a little bit? Happy to. Um, so what you see, um, she's probably about like average height, a little bit of a, not like muscular, not too skinny, just like an average Joe build. Nothing crazy. She just comes from a smaller town. Um, so nothing too flashy about her, but um, she does have some long reddish brown hair that she usually keeps tied in some type of variety of braids, I suppose. Um, she's got quite a few freckles on her face. Just a very simple looking girl. And you are playing the bold playbook and you are a firebender tonight. Yes. So he turns towards you and says, now, Ami, you're set tonight to face off against the Lao Gai Lion Vultures and other bossing say team. And if you win this match, there's a good chance that you'll face off against the Bossing Say Badger Moles in the next round. What's going to set the Bears apart as the team that makes Bossing Say proud this season? Well, I think that probably because since we do come from being at the university, it has been really helpful to have the resources that the university is able to provide for us. We've had some really intricate training fields that we've been able to work on. Um, we've been able to, through those resources, meet some other pro benders and being able to get some tips and tricks from them. Um, and they've also just been, it's been really cool to have such a big support just from the school itself that I think is going to help kind of boost our morale when it comes to being on the field. Uh, there's that BSSU pride coming out, I see. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to have BSU, BSSU pride. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Go Broncos. <laughs> for our listeners, McKenna is from Boise and has been a Boise State University fan for her entire life. To, yes, I, I actually, as a child, was in the Hall of Fame for never missing, like as like nine months old for never missing a basketball <laughs> game. So nice. there's my claim to fame. <laughs> Beautiful. Shiro says... Well, that is good to hear that you've got so many people behind you back home as well. We'll see if you can pull through. And now Wong. And he turns towards Wong Fei, the final member of this bending team. Yes. Could you describe yourself a little bit? <laughs> All right. If you were to look at Wong Fei over here, I mean, he is slim, sharp, perfect teeth, perfect dark hair with just a tinge of red going through it in that perfect swoosh. Very much a pretty boy, a show-off. You can tell it a mile away. Nice. So Shira turns towards you and says, And Wong, on behalf of the fans, I have to ask, your mascot is the bears? Uh, you obviously can't be talking about platypus bears because that mascot is already claimed by the Pinnacle Point team. Uh, perhaps you mean skunk bears. No, it's just a bear. I'm sure you're all familiar with the famous pet that belonged to the Earth King. It was just a bear. We're just bears. But also, did you know that my uncle is the owner of Cabbage Corp? <laughs> ah, yes, your uncle, Lao Gan Lan, the owner of this season's sponsor. That's right. Now, this is another bit of controversy that has sprung up surrounding the BSSU bears. What do you say to those who say that it is only through nepotism that you've managed to make it onto this team? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Hard-hitting questions. Listen, I may be Lao Gunlan's favorite nephew, but that has nothing to do with the fact of how I got here. I am here because of my skills and my skills alone. That's right, ladies. Remember that. 
You are playing the Icon Playbook, and you are a waterbender this time around. That's right. And what an icon. Obviously. <laughs> you're, you're going to be bending the tears right out of those young ladies' eyes. That's right. That's my secret weapon. Oh, so that's your fighting style. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Shiro says... Well, I think you guys have a pretty good chance ahead of you. You know, it's been a pretty difficult season so far. And then from outside of the room, you're in this you're in this very nice recording area. It's not your typical looking sort of recording studio. Uh, it's got some curtains hanging down to kind of baffle the sound a little bit, but it's a large space. There's like kind of a Zen garden in one corner that's got like the stones and the raked patterns around it. Off in another corner, there's a little koi pond. There's plants all around the place. So just in general, it's a very nice area. Uh, Very, very flashy. Cabbage Corp spared no expense in making this broadcast station look very nice. Uh, But from on the other side of the door, you hear kind of this banging noise. And what sounds like somebody shouting. And Shiro pauses for a moment and says... I apologize to our listeners at home. It seems that maybe we're having some technical issues outside the studio, but don't you worry at all. We're going to keep going with the hard-hitting questions in here. Now, there's a bit of... And then, at that moment, the door that you heard the noises through comes blasting inward. And at that point, all of the electricity inside is cut off. All of the lights go dark. And there is a big old spray of steam that enters into the room. And you hear scuffling, you hear rushing, you hear people whispering back and forth. And finally, as things kind of die down a little bit, you see a flame appear in the darkness. And you see there are three individuals who have entered into the studio with you. And the one who has the flame in his hand is holding Shiro Shinobi, arms behind the back. And the flame illuminates the faces of these three individuals. You see that you've obviously got your firebender here, and you've got also holding on to Shiro is a very large, very sweaty man. And on the other side is a guy who's got a very nice hat, a very well-made suit. And you can just tell by looking at these guys that they are members of the Triple Threat Triad. They are dressed far too nicely. They entered with far too much efficiency. And obviously there are benders of all kinds in this group, so it can't be one of the solo bending triads. It's got to be the triple threats. Oh, boy. And the one who's wearing the hat looks at all of you and says, Don't make any moves or else Shiro Shinobi gets it. And he starts walking towards the microphone in the center of the room. And he picks it up and holds it to his mouth and says, Triple threats all across Republic City. Now is our time. Take what is ours. And he pauses for a moment and he's like got a smile on his face. He's kind of listening as if he's expecting to hear like explosions coming from outside, but nothing happens. And he turns back towards Shiro and he says, what's going on? Is nobody hearing me? And Shiro, very, very nervous, says, "Uh, Well, you see, ever since Amon hijacked the radio waves to rally the Equalists, we we set in a a bit of a a kill switch so that if anything like that ever happened again, I just needed to push this button and the broadcast would go dead. And the man who's holding the microphone just throws it to the ground and it shatters into pieces. And he approaches Shiro and says, And you pushed that button, did ya? I am super on edge right now. I'm like at the edge of my seat. Like as soon as they got our attention and after the confusion, like pins and needles, like top of my toes, ready to take any sort of action. If they try to go against Shiro, I want to do something to help him from getting injured. And Shiro just kind of gulps uncomfortably and just nods with a sheepish grin on his face. And the leader of this little group here, he reaches out his hand towards the Zen garden and he grabs one of the stones with his earthbending and just tosses it across the room, shatters a bunch of the nice statues and vases there, and he starts pacing back and forth. And the firebender says, Uh, Tiki Slick, Viper's not going to be happy about this at all. What are we going to do? I'll step forward at this time. Excuse me, my fine gentleman. I'm sure that we can find a diplomatic solution to this. I'm sure you all know me as the favorite nephew of the owner of Cabbage Corp. Oh, boy. And 
<laughs> oh, no. And Tiki Slick turns towards the waterbender and says, Tony, shut him up. And Tony reaches towards the koi pond and pulls out a bunch of water and wraps it around your face and freezes it <gasps> so that your mouth is covered. <laughs> I just keep talking <laughs> through it. Um, excuse me. Um, I'm sure there's a way that we could go about this without inciting violence like that. Um, and then I'd like to use my firebending to kind of, without harming you, melt the ice. Yeah, go ahead and roll to rely on your skills and training. Ooh, that's a nine. Very nice. So on a nine, you do it a little bit imperfectly. So you manage to melt it all off. But uh, Wong, your lips feel so chapped right now oh, from the heat that got so close to him. Oh, that is not good to have before a night of kissing. <laughs> <laughs> All this crazy stuff just happened, but that will not ruin your date night. I had plans after this, Ami. And Tiki Slick, uh, he looks towards you, Ami, and says, you know what, I think we can come up with a diplomatic solution. Shiro here is going to show me how to reverse that kill switch so I can get my message out to the world. And he turns towards Shiro and says, Isn't that right, Mr. Shinobi? And Shiro says, Oh, well, uh, I, I, I suppose. And you see the firebender brings the fire in even closer. And he shrieks and says, uh, Yes, I suppose I can I lead you to the... Uh, yes, uh, follow me, follow me. Um, oh, gosh, I don't want them... Everybody knows the damage that Amon did when he released that message over the airwaves. And I don't want and cannot let them get their message over the airwaves again uh, like the Equalists did. So um, are they heading like out of the room or are they in the room? So they are still in the room. Uh, they're close to the entrance. And Tiki Slick is looking at the other two and he's like, all right, Tony, one wing one. We need you to watch these guys so that I can get the broadcast fixed. We've still got uh, Fat Flynn and Slim Shoe down there guarding the door so that the cops can't get in. I'm going to go take care of this. You make sure that nothing happens with these guys. Before he finishes, I'm going to blast him in the face with some of that water from those ponds. <laughs> All right. Roll two. Uh, is there a particular effect that you're trying to do with this? Or are you just trying to, like, intimidate him, trying to throw him off balance? Let's go with, yeah, throw him off balance. All right. So you are going to try to shift his balance, or I guess that would be test his balance. That is an evade and observe move. Go ahead and roll with creativity or harmony to see if you can manage to pull that off. That is an eight total. And I will say while he's doing this, as soon as he takes action, I'm going to take some action after this, but I'll let this resolve first. All right. So yeah, you test his balance. And since you don't already know what his principle is, you discover what his principle is. So you splash him in the face to try and throw him off balance. And he looks back towards you and he's fuming angry, and he says, Hey, I'm going to get this message out, all right? And that is his principle, to get the message out, to serve the needs of the triple threats. Nice. If anybody happened to be watching that uh, waterbending move, you might notice it, that it's very flashy, like over-extravagant flourishes. We're talking like Disneyland, wonderful world of color type of stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. And he looks back towards you guys, and he kind of starts storming up to kind of try and get in your grill. And he actually goes up to Chen specifically. And he's like, listen, Flyboy, don't get any special ideas here. You might be able to throw a regulation-sized and shaped disc of clay with some accuracy. But that doesn't mean you got street fighting cred, all right? You try and take us, and we're going to bury you. I stare back at Tiki Slick. And I straighten up, and I actually walk closer into his face. And I go, Tiki Slick, you have no idea where I came from. You have no idea how wrong you are. And I'm going to try and attack him with some earthbending here and try and trap him in place. So that means we're going to get into some combat here. Oh, yeah. 
So at this point, we're going to have everybody decide which approach they are going to take and uh, see how that goes. My playlist on Spotify just started playing Secret Tunnel. God. <laughs> oh man. So who wants to defend and maneuver? I'll defend and maneuver. All right. Does anybody want to advance and attack? I definitely want to advance and attack. All right. And who wants to evade and observe? I do. All right. So defending and maneuvering, we're going to begin with Wong and also with Tiki Slick. So Tiki Slick is attempting to seize a position and to try and disengage from this combat, grab Shiro Shinobi and pull him outside of the room. So any foe who's currently engaged with him can mark one fatigue to block the technique if they want to. A hundred percent. All right. So mark one fatigue. What does it look like as you block Tiki Slick? So Tiki Slick is an earthbender, right? Correct. As he starts to like maneuver away from me, whether he just turns around, turns his back against me, I just stomp the ground and I twist my foot to basically shift the ground uh, to encase his feet where he's at and just hold him in place there to where he can't move from his position after he's moved like three feet away from me. All right, so yeah, he reaches out, he grabs onto Shiro Shinobi, and as he's about to move forward, you encase his feet and he falls just like flat on his face and he's holding Shiro Shinobi's uh, hat in his hand on the ground that he pulled off of him. And he looks up at you, he is fuming furious. But then it is time for Wong. Go ahead and roll with focus to see how many techniques you get. That's a 10. Ooh, 10, all right. Yeah. So you get to use two of these techniques. Which ones would you like to use? I'd also like to use seize a position to disengage. And I actually want to try to get completely out of the room. All right, so you start rushing out. And the person who sees that is Tony and he is going to reach out and grab some more of that water and kind of do a bit of an ice slick on the ground right in front of you. And you manage to keep yourself upright, but you are stopped where you are. He marks one fatigue to stop you from escaping. And which other technique would you like to use? I'd like to also uh, use ready and ready myself. It says you can ready yourself for your environment. Uh, I'd like to ready myself for that ice slick in front of me and make myself prepared for it. I wanted to impose the prepared status on myself. All right, so you are prepared. So you can take plus two on appropriate roll or avoid marking condition if you would like to. Ooh, nice. Is that just going forward? I can't use that to continue to help to get myself out of the room yet, can I? Uh, not yet. This is for a future roll that's appropriate, or if you end up potentially taking condition, you can negate that. Cool, cool. Okay, that brings us to those of us who are advancing and attacking. We've got Chen on your side, and we've got one Wing Lahan and Tony on the other side. So Tiki Slick from the ground, he looks up at the other two and he's like, Tony, you come from that famous Maruto crime family. Show us what you're made of. And they are going to both try and... Which ones do they want to do? I feel like I'm going to be severely pummeled the next few seconds here. <laughs> One Wing Wahan is going to strike at Chen because, you know, you're the leader. He wants yep. to try and take out the top. Mm -hmm. And so what he's going to do is he is going to mark one fatigue and he is going to force you to take a condition. So he kind of disengages from Shiro Shinobi. And you can see at this point, he has only one arm, um, probably why he's called One Wing Lahan. And <laughs> despite the fact that he only has this one arm, it's very nimble. And he starts whipping it up and down in rapid motions, sending like almost these discs of flame towards you to strike at you, Oof. inflicting a condition. How does that make Chen feel based on the conditions that you've got on your sheet? Okay, so afraid, angry, foolish, guilty, or insecure, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, these are a little bit terrifying, I would say here. Uh, probably pretty terrifying, and as I, if I can dodge out of some of the, the way, it would still make me feel pretty insecure about having started this fight that I thought um, was a righteous cause, but now is <laughs> seeming to come back to bite me, uh, so to speak. So insecure probably uh, is the condition, I would think. Yeah, so you being insecure, you know, have minus two to pleading and to relying on your skills and training. And uh, that is going to bring us then to you, let's say. 
What would you like to do? Okay, so as I uh, just get bombarded with this attack, I feeling insecure and just okay. Now that I've uh, that I've got Tiki Slick uh, down on the ground, I'm going to go for this guy that actually is attacking me, um, one arm Wuhan, and I'm just going to strike him as I uh, dash up to him and uh, go up for him. Uh, I I come up with uh, one of those moves towards like as I get within a certain distance, I like do a barrel roll in the air, like to where I I, I want to come down with my foot. Uh, right onto his face or onto his chest. Um, but as I do, and as my uh, the foot that's going to come down onto his face uh, leaves the ground, uh, it's going to pick up a clod of like stone and wrap it around the foot. Ooh. So, it, so I'm use, relying on um, my up close and personal combat fighting technique, where uh, I'm in your face, uh, but with my earth bending, and just try and come right down on top of him. Yeah, putting kind of a cement shoe in his face, almost. Exactly. That's cool. Ouch! And uh, it shatters on top of him to to do the maximum amount of damage because you know shattering obviously does more damage. All right, so <laughs> you can either take no fatigue and he chooses what the consequence is or you can mark one fatigue to choose what the consequence is for him. Oh boy. Um, yeah, it's still early in the fight so I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to let him choose. I'm not going, I'm going to hold on to my fatigue a little bit. I'm going to let him choose what he wants to have happen as a result of that. All right, so you smash him on the face and after that, he's feeling a little afraid of you. Ah! Like that flex that Tiki Slick tried to pull on you about like, oh yeah, you can fling discs, but can you actually fight? Turns out you actually can fight. Yeah, that's right. So One Wing Han is kind of afraid of that. Oh, good. <laughs> and that means the final person who's advancing and attacking is Tony, and Tony is gonna smash. That allows him to mark one fatigue to either destroy or destabilize something in the environment and inflict a status. So what he's going to do is he's going to pull up a bunch of water from the koi pond and make a row of ice spikes between you and him. So he's going to inflict the impaired status on everybody who's on the other side of that wall of spikes, meaning that you would have to take a minus two to all physical actions against him unless you mark one fatigue. Not ideal, I would say. And he's still got Shiro Shinobi in his arms as well. Okay, I was going to ask which one had him. That brings us to Ami, who is evading and observing. Go ahead and roll with creativity or harmony. Ooh, 11. Yeah. Nice. So you get to choose two techniques. What would you like to do? You said we're impaired, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like if I were to go for him, that's when that especially would kick in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, real quick, Ned, did I have to roll with passion for an advance and attack or no? That is true. Yeah. Okay. Um, after this, I'll let you deal with that however you wish. All right. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead with commit. So it says recenter yourself and shift your balance toward one of your principles. So I'm going to shift it toward confidence. So that means when I live up to that principle, I do not have to mark any fatigue. Yeah. So I am going to then use bolster and aid a nearby character being Shiro. So I'm going to give Shiro, well, does he have a turn? Are you giving him a turn in this or he's just... He didn't have a turn before, but he can have a turn now. Okay, I'm going to give him Inspired. All right. So hopefully he can get himself out of that nastiness over there. Yeah, so at any point he can clear that Inspired status to shift his balance towards a principle of his choice. Come on, Shiro, pull your own weight here, man. Honestly, we're doing a lot of work. (laughs) We're sweating over here. So that is going to bring us to the end of this exchange. Uh, do you guys want to jump into the next exchange directly, or do you want to try and reason with them beforehand? I mean, I, I think that it's a fight. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think so, but that's just me. I, I'm willing to listen to my team. I want to try and reason with them, but I feel like at this point, it's I don't know how we would reason with them at this point. So, sounds like we're going into our next exchange then. So, who would like to defend and maneuver? I would again. All right. Who would like to advance and attack? I would. I would again. All right. And who would like to evade and observe? None of you, because you've already answered. Okay. (laughs) So those who are defending and maneuvering, we have three NPCs who are trying to defend and maneuver. Tiki Slick, Tony, and Shiro Shinobi. 
but we're going to give Wong a chance first to try and do something. What would you like to do? Once again, I'd like to seize a position, and I would like to try to get out of this room. I need to get out of eyesight of these guys. All right. <laughs> so we need you to roll with focus to see if you can get that seize a position technique. And is this where, because of what I did last time, I can add to that roll? I think so, maybe? Yeah, hopefully. so you can clear that prepared condition to take plus two to any appropriate role. Now, I imagine you can do that after the roll as well, right? I think that's how it works. The quick start rules maybe don't have that distinction, but we'll say that's how it's going to work for now. I'll take it. Let's do it. A generous GM. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Shiro. Uh, Ned. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we still need you to roll with focus to see if you can get the Caesar position. Rolling with focus, I am going to add that plus two for being prepared, which brings it up to a plus nine. All right, so you do get your one move, that being seize a position. So with seizing a position, what does it look like as you like maneuver your way past this wall of spikes? I just want to become water myself and slink my way through, you know, very lithe, limber, slim dude here. Just slink right through the ice and like roll out the door, spy-like. Like I, I want to be sneaky about this, but you know, there's there's some flashiness in there too. <laughs> All right, yeah, the other guys aren't going to worry about you at the moment. Instead, they're focusing on Shiro. So Tiki Slick is going to retaliate, meaning that each time one of you inflicts fatigue, a condition, or shifts balance he gets to inflict one fatigue on that foe. He's trying to stop you guys from getting to Tony. And what Tony is trying to do is trying to get out of there with Shiro Shinobi. And Shiro Shinobi is also trying to get out there. So Shiro Shinobi is trying to seize a position which is getting away from Tony. Tony is going to mark fatigue to stop him from getting away. And he's just going to grab him and pull him out that door since you guys now have that wall of ice in between you. Ah. So I slipped out first and now they're coming out the door right behind me basically, right? Yep. And uh, Tiki Slick is the one that is uh, the one that took the retaliate action, right? Yeah, he's got his hands up like a goalie just waiting to see what you guys are gonna do. Ah, dang it. And that brings us to those of us who are advancing and attacking. Let's start with our protagonists. Each of you go ahead and roll with passion to see how many techniques you get. Could I yell something beforehand? Yeah. I, j- I just yell to Ami and go, Ami, we can't let them get Shiro over to that switch. We have to get out there. We have to follow after Wong. All right. So both of you roll with passion and see how well you do. I got a seven. All right. So you get one technique. Ugh, can I add? I can't add anything to it other than passion. Can't do anything. You could potentially roll with confidence if that might give you a better result, living up to your principles. Okay, so like if I'm living up to my principles, instead I would roll with confidence? Yeah, and because you committed yourself, you would not take fatigue for it. Okay, cool. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, um, man, I'm going to somehow end up going all the way to confidence and it's going to be bad news bears. Um, <laughs> the bears. We're the bears. The, the bears. bears. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that and add a plus one. So therefore it is an eight. All right. So each of you get to choose one advance and attack technique. What would you like to do? Um, I would like to go first if that's all right and yes, choose go smash and flamio hot man those ice spikes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So you with your flames, you just completely melt away that wall of spikes, eliminating the status that Tony inflicted. And that is going to bring us to Chen. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to strike again, but I'm striking for one arm, one arm fire dude. All right, go for it. Okay, so as uh, I'm right then and there, I just yelled to Amida and seeing that she's taking care of the spikes. Uh, I'm, I'm more concerned about the people that aren't currently trapped in the ground and blocking our path. This guy right in front of me. And so I'm just going to do a one, two punch. And uh, just to punch him in the face with my fists and then do another roundhouse kick. And then the roundhouse doing good old stone kick, as I call it, up close and personal. 
All right. You want to spend the extra fatigue or not? I do want to spend the extra fatigue because I, I want to get this guy down as uh, Shiro is now out of the room. We got to chase after them. So I need to get this guy down as quickly as possible. All right. You want to inflict a condition or two fatigue? I'm going to do another condition then. Uh, just punch, punch, and then just whack right into the left side of his head. Just maybe some teeth fly out or something. <laughs> yeah, now that he's been hit by you so many times, he is feeling pretty insecure about his abilities to face up against you. Now you know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> but what he's going to do in response to that, he's not going to worry about you. He's going to try and try and shy his way away from you a little bit, and he's going to try and strike at Ami instead. No, Ami, look out! And he's going to mark one fatigue to force you to mark two fatigue. He actually does like a handstand on that one arm Ooh. and he starts doing kind of like a windmill sort of thing with his legs oh boy. and more of these discs of fire start shooting out from his legs. So after you have taken that fatigue, One Wing Mahan and Tiki Slick look at each other and they're like, well, he's taking care of Shiro. Let's take care of these guys. And at that point, we're going to go to a little break uh. and we'll see what happens in this conflict when we get back for our next exchange. Oh, man. Tiki Slick! <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, Ned here. Uh, not Shiro Shinobi this time, just Ned. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about our future plans for releasing content using the Avatar Legends RPG system. Mostly, we release improvised campaigns using the Fate Accelerated system, and we've been wanting to branch out a little bit. And like I mentioned during the introduction, we asked during our first Avatar episode, hey, is there any interest in seeing more of this? And we received so many wonderful and very encouraging comments from so many people. And I actually want to offer some shout outs to people uh, because it's your kind words that inspired us to continue going with this. And it's because of you really that we're making more Avatar content right now. So some of our first feedback came through Reddit. Uh, one of my friends posted a link in r slash Avatar Legends RPG. And we got some great responses from Agent Buck, Foolish Optimist, Nightwing Welds 42, Paragon Peach, Crazy Carry 06, SVOC0308, and of course, good thanks to my personal friend Jefferson Thunderflex for posting it in the first place. Uh, we had somebody comment on our Podbean account. Hey Noah B, thank you for reaching out to us there. Uh, thanks to Punkin Ash on Instagram for tagging us in videos of soup dumplings. Thanks to Uriel Reyes on Twitter. Yes, Uriel, Fifi does live. A little more on that in just a little bit. And huge thanks to a few people who left us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts because of this episode. To Boondoggle, to Alt7761, to Sully5443, who also incidentally was very kind in helping to spread this podcast on the official Magpie Discord. Um, just thanks so much to all of you for the encouraging words. I'm sure there are some people that I've missed or who posted in other places I never got a chance to see. If we did, then, you know, feel free to reach out to us through social. We'd love to talk to you and offer our gratitude to you in person. And because of you, here's what we're going to be doing. For the rest of 2021, we're going to release an Avatar one-shot every month to highlight each of the five eras in Avatar Legends. So we've already had our 100-year war episode with the library heist. Currently, we've got our Korra episode. And then next month, we're going to have a Kiyoshi episode. In November is going to be our Roku episode. And then in December, we're going to have an Aang episode. And all of this is going to be in preparation for our first full-scale Avatar Legends campaign that we're going to be beginning, hopefully, in February. Uh, the PDFs are supposed to be released to Kickstarter backers in January, so hopefully that'll give us enough time to start getting stuff ready and begin releasing episodes in February of our first Avatar campaign, which is going to be a continuation of sorts of our library heist episode. It's going to take place in Wan Chi Tong's library. So yes, you're going to see Fifi again. You're going to see Zhang Tao and Taya and Rokin and Amar, though maybe in a little bit of a different role than you saw them in our one shot. 
but you'll just have to wait and see what I mean by that. So just to recap, one one-shot every month for the rest of 2021, and then, hopefully starting in February 2022, we will begin our full-length, full-scale Avatar campaign that we will be releasing every other week interspersed with our regular Improv Tabletop Fate campaigns. So again, thanks for listening, hope you're enjoying this, and let's go ahead and get back into the action. So... Tony has just grabbed Shiro and pulled him out of the recording studio. We've also got Wong out there being all sneaky-like, and everybody else is still in the studio. we got One-Winged Wahan and Tiki Slick trying to keep the others from getting out. So, I think it's time for us to just get right back into another exchange. Who would like to defend and maneuver? I would again. All right. Who would like to advance an attack? Me. I'm not very original, but I'd like to do that as well. <laughs> That's okay. I'm with you. All right. So nobody evading and observing then? Correct. All right. So we'll start with those defending and maneuvering, and we'll begin with what's going on outside of the room. So, Wong, you see Tony with Shiro come rushing outside. Uh, you're kind of like hidden, right? What's your situation like? Yes, I would have ducked out of the room and gotten as hidden as possible. All right, so you watch them coming out. You're like hiding behind a pillar. What would you like to do? All right, I'm going to use one of my moves uh, that the icon has. Bonzu Pippin Padalopsicopolis Third. Oh, such a good name for a move. So, in what way are you trying to disguise yourself? I'd like to find some, I don't know, if there's like a brazier with some ash or something like that, or, you know, if there's none of that, just get my hands on the floor real dusty and spread it all over the bottom half of my face to create a very thick, dark five o'clock shadow look. I'd like to kind of slouch my pants, untuck my shirt, and maybe even rip down a curtain to put over my shoulders, tuck in, and I'd like to try to look like one of these thugs. Ooh, nice. For a second, I thought you were going to make an ice sculpture of yourself, but this is much better. (laughs) (laughs) As you you're doing that. Tony is just continuing to pull Shiro towards the communications hub, continuing to seize a position, and also defending and maneuvering. Once again, we've got Tiki Slick. He's going to be retaliating against you guys. Oh, sorry. Uh, question. I didn't roll to see how many of those I got to do. Hmm. Here's how I'm going to roll this. All right. So you've got your disguise on. That seems like readying yourself to me. So go ahead and roll with focus to defend and maneuver and see how you do. So I rolled a seven. All right, so you do get one technique and that can be the ready technique, which will allow you to use your move here. So do you want to now reveal yourself? Yes, I would like to do that using Bonzu, Pippin Padalopsicopolis the third. All right, and how do you approach Tony? I come out there and I say, Hey, um, hello there, my fellow thugs and uh, ne'er-do-wells. Um, oh just got gosh. some words from the man upstairs, and he said that um, he said the job is off, the weather's not right tonight, so you can go ahead and release that there man. Super convincing. <laughs> Roll to trick an NPC. All right, I rolled a nine, but according to this, when I trick an NPC using a silly disguise like this, I get to mark the foolish condition on myself and treat my roll as if it were a 12 plus. So I'm going to do that. Oh, wow. So that is a full success. You get to choose two of these options for what Tony is going to have to do. Either he stumbles and you take plus one forward acting against him. He acts foolishly, and I tell you what additional opportunity that gives you, or he overcommits and is deceived for some time. I'm going with overcommits and is deceived. All right, you get to pick two. Oh, yes, I'll go with foolish. All right, so he acts foolishly and he overcommits. He looks towards you and he's like, huh, okay, if Viper says that we're calling this off, I guess we're calling this off. You get off lucky this time, Shiro. He acts foolishly. And he just lets go of him. (laughs) What a fool. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, if you could all, everybody come with me. Come on, come on. We're all going back upstairs. The weather's not right tonight. Uh, you know, the signal would be uh, impaired and whatnot. So we're all just going to leave. Let's go. All right. So they get ready to start walking off with you. Now that brings us to the rest of those who are defending a maneuver, namely Tiki Slick. He's going to retaliate again, try and block against you guys, which quick point of order. That would mean that Chen, when you struck against Wen Weihan last round, you would have taken one fatigue as he retaliated against you. Oh, I'll do that now. So he's doing that again. And that brings us to those who are advancing and attacking, mostly people inside the room, but Shiro Shinobi also decided that he was going to advance and attack. Yeah, Shiro! I'm just so proud. Use the inspiration. He is going to use the pressure technique against Tony. And when he does that, he gets to choose one of these combat approaches that Tony cannot use in the next exchange. So Tony is not going to be able to use advance and attack. Shiro Shinobi says, well, you know, it's a mighty fine thing that you didn't try and ruin this face because you would have had a lot of people on your tail after that, right? That's <laughs> right, <laughs> you've got a great face for radio, my friend. <laughs> and Shiro looks towards you and he's not wiping the smile from his mouth, but the smile definitely drains from his eyes. <laughs> and that brings us now to those of us who are still inside the studio. So let's start with our protagonists, and then we'll get to one Han. Let's have you guys roll with passion to see how many techniques you get to use. Well, I got an eight. All right, so you get to choose one. Mine would also be an eight. And you also get to choose one. Which techniques would you guys like to use? I would like to use pressure against Tiki Slick um, so that he cannot defend and maneuver this next turn. Nice. So he won't be able to keep retaliating against you? Yes, he will not be able to. Sneaky, sneaky monkey. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is the action that you take to pressure him? He's the one with the hat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go up and just take his hat off of his head mm. and put it on mine and say, I think I probably was a little bit better in this, don't you think? So... As a person who always wore a hat and had friends constantly stealing that hat from me, oh, no. there, there's a visceral reaction in my heart right now. <laughs> and there's absolutely no way that Tiki Slick is going to try and do anything but advance an attack against you as long as you've got that hat. Good. Mm -hmm. Bring it. And, I, and as I'm backing away, I also like tip the hat a little bit as like a, come on, buddy, old pal, let's go. Let's tango. All right. And then Chen, which technique are you going to use? I'm a broken record, but I'm going to strike. All right. So as I'm engaged with uh, one-armed Wuhong, and we're exchanging blows again, uh, not quite doing the uh, stone leg, stone foot maneuver here, but um, as I am jabbing and dodging, uh, I do like, uh, what do you call it? Handspring, right? Like uh, where you mm -hmm. jump backwards on your hands. Yeah. And as I jump backwards on my hands, I use my feet to pull a rock from behind them and try to smash directly into the into their back or the back of their head to like inflict that damage. So we're, we're exchanging it then as I'm seeming to defend, it's actually an attack maneuver to bam, smack them right in the back. All right, you going to mark the extra fatigue or leave it as it is? Oh, I'm low on fatigue, but um, yep, I'm doing the fatigue. They're taking a condition. All right. So as you leap, he's already feeling afraid. He's already feeling insecure. And as he watches you just moving with such ease and grace, he actually feels a little bit guilty for trying to take down such a skilled bender. And the rock smacks him in the back of the head and he goes face down into the floor. And he is so unconscious right now. Yeah. You look down and you see he's missing a couple teeth as his face is stuck in that grin, his eyes crossed in weird directions. And there are little turtle ducks that are swimming around his head, just making their little <laughs> quacking noises. My turtle duck pops out of my jacket and is like, oh, my people? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Ami has had a turtle duck this entire time because she's the bold. I forgot to mention at the, at the beginning, his name is Tuck. <laughs> Tuck the turtle duck. Uh, now, because Tiki Slick retaliated, I also take a fatigue, right? Yeah. So as you do that, you smack him in the back of the head. 
and Tiki Slick decides that since you're not focusing on the stone that's still around your foot, he grabs that and just slams you straight down to the ground and ruins your handspring at the last moment. So you take one fatigue from that. Now, Ned, I'm at five fatigue. (gasps) Yeah, so the next time that you would have to mark fatigue, you're gonna have to mark a condition instead to still keep going. Oh boy, all right. But one wing Wahan is out of this fight. Yeah. Which means he doesn't get to act. So we're in our next exchange. Yes. Now I'm going to say that Shiro and our two waterbenders are out of the exchange uh, because they're doing their own thing right now. So we'll give you guys a little bit of an RP kind of moment here. And then we'll get back to those who are still inside the studio. All right, so um, come on with me, my fellow criminals. Just up to the surface here. Uh, <laughs> up these stairs, please. Follow me. This is brilliant. And Tony says, yeah, we're going to have to make sure that we let Fat Flynn and Slim Shoe know that we're supposed to, you know, get out here because they're still barricading the door against the cops. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. Um, you wouldn't happen to have a radio or anything like that to contact them, would you? Oh, well, they're just right there in the lobby, actually. And he points into the lobby, and you can see there's a waterbender and an earthbender, and they're constantly just, like, shoring up the front doors with ice and with beams of stone, and they keep getting shattered as the doors are battered, and they just keep putting them back up. Uh, Two guys who are, like, of the most average weight that you could possibly imagine. And Tony points at him, like, there they are, Fat Flynn and Slim Shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, excuse me, would you call them off for me? Um, I, I, you know, they recognize you, they'll know you. Tell them that Viper's calling a retreat. All right, roll to trick an NPC one more time. You got it, Wong! That's an 11. And that is a success. So he continues to overcommit and be deceived for some time, continues to act foolishly, and he walks up to the two and he's like, Hey guys, it's time to cut and run. We gotta get out of here while the going's good. And they look up at him, and they're just exhausted. They've been shoring up this door the entire time, and they're like, all right, quick, out through the vents. And they rush over to the side and crawl into a little vent that has been torn off of the wall and start boogieing their way out of the building. And now that they're not there to shore up the door anymore, you see they smash through the final barriers, and you can see a whole bunch of metal benders out there start rushing in. And just as they start rushing in, dang it, do I drop the disguise and give it away? Or do I, I'll just bide my time. I'll wait, because that I'm, I imagine that was enough of my roleplay turn here. So yeah, they come rushing in and they start heading towards the studio as you are there kind of off to the side, watching them move past. Now that's going to bring us to those who are still in combat. Would either of you like to defend and maneuver? I would. All right. And then, Chen, what would you like to do? I'm going to evade and observe. All right. Really branching out, guys. Switching it up. Oh, my gosh. Watch out. So we begin with Ami. Go ahead and roll with focus. Why am I so bad at rolling? (laughs) It's clearly your skill level. It's not random at all. No, really. No chance involved. (sighs) Even if I did confidence, it wouldn't help me. Yeah, so that's a that's a that's a solid five. Mm, solid yeah. five. <sighs> Dagum. If if the both of us, uh, we can do something to give her a plus one to the roll, right? So there is a specific restriction on the help move that you can't use it during combat. Oh. Okay, then that's my turn, Dagummit. Oh boy, yeah. So you oh, are no. you're trying to defend and maneuver. You're like you're you're doing your little dance, looking at Tiki Slip and trying to rile him up and he comes at you with a ferocity that you were not expecting and he's just going to try and strike you as hard as he can and he's going to mark a fatigue to inflict two fatigue on you. There goes my fifth fatigue and I'm going to go ahead since he came at me with this massive anger. I'm going to go ahead and mark afraid because I was not expecting that and that was scary. Yeah, he came towards you and as he was rushing, he was kind of dragging his fingertips along the ground and just shooting up a spray of pebbles, almost like shotgun fire at your face. Ooh, ouch. Never take a man's hat. 
Apparently. Gosh, it's <laughs> like the biggest crime of all. Mm -hmm. And that then brings us to evade and observe with Chen. Go ahead and roll with creativity or harmony, but you do also get to clear one fatigue for evading and observing. Thank you, Evans. My harmony's minus one, so I'll go with creativity for an eight. All right, you get to choose one evade and observe technique. What would you like to do? Ooh. One thing that I just want to point out to you, not necessarily that you need to use it, but you do have the break technique that is an evade and observe technique <gasps> specific to your playbook. Oh my gosh. Target a foe's vulnerable equipment marked fatigue to render it useless or broken. <laughs> um, I am going to use the break technique and the hat that's on Ami. I'm going to take a really fine, very <laughs> small sphere pebble. And as this is going on and she's like getting pebbles all on her face, but holding onto the hat, I'm just going to aim and and just fling it directly at the hat. <laughs> and as it the pebble goes towards it, it expands into like a disc and spins in the air. And so with the momentum and the spinning, it just cuts the hat in half on top of her head and just falls to the ground. Oh, what? He's so mad. And Tiki Slick at that moment had just gotten close enough where he was starting to reach out to grab for it. And right as his hand is like a couple inches away from the hat, sing, it slices off and his eyes just go wide and his fingers falter and his mouth is agape in horror at seeing his hat destroyed like this. Oh my gosh. Like I said, Tiki Slick, you have no idea where I've come from. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to inflict a status on him. Which status would you like to give Tiki Slick? Oh yeah, let's see. I'd like to inflict the doomed status. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting with this is typically doomed is the kind of thing where like you like have to already have a status on them to then get them to doom. But this guy is already broken enough at this moment <laughs> that I think this is appropriate. Yeah, and one-armed Wong is not there anymore, so... Yeah, so Tiki Slick is going to mark a fatigue in response to that. And at that moment, as he stares at his hat, the top of it lying on the ground behind Ami, you hear the clanking of metal boots coming from the hallway. And he's broken out of his torpor there, and he looks and sees the metal benders rushing in towards him. And he is freaking out. Freaking, freaking out. So, what would you guys like to do in response to that? Do you want to continue into the next exchange? or wait and see what happens with the RP. Well, I would like to see how uh, this plays out with the metal benders coming down the yeah, hallway for RP sure. That. And while we hear the metal benders running down the hallway, uh, seeing Tiki Slick come out of his uh, stupor, I, I just yell over to him and goes, you got nowhere to go, Tiki Slick, give it up. All right, let's have you roll to intimidate an NPC. 11. Oh yeah. So at this point, Tiki Slick is going to do one of four things and you get to choose which one he cannot do. He's either going to run to escape or get back up, back down but keep watch, give in with a few stipulations, or attack you but off balance and I have to mark a condition on him. Uh, I'm going to remove the run to escape or get back up option. So he has to choose from the other three. That's what I would have said too. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's got he's to gotta stick around. So what he's going to do in response to that is he looks up at you and he is just like this little whelp here <laughs> who doesn't have any street experience or he thinks you don't have any street experience. This, this fancy prissy boy pro-bending earthbender. This guy ruined my hat. I'm going to take this guy down. So he's going to try and attack you, but he does do it off balance. Bring so it. the condition that I'm going to mark on him, he is actually feeling pretty insecure about himself. Yeah, he does. As he should. <laughs> yeah, he comes in and he's going to get a strike on you and he's going to mark one fatigue to inflict a condition on you. He just reaches his fist into the floor pulls out a big sphere of it, almost like a stone boxing glove, and just clocks you in the face with it. Ugh, I know the move well. Just no finesse, no fanciness, just a big old smack right in the face. Ouch. 
And I choose the condition? Yeah, you choose the condition. Okay, I'm going to say I am angry at that, using my own moves against me. Mm. And at that moment, the metal benders come into the room and they see that attack. And one of the metal benders says, we have confirmation. This man just attacked an innocent citizen. <laughs> and he looks up at the metal benders with shock in his eyes. He sees that the entrance is barred. He can't get out. He looks at his hat down on the ground <laughs> and he just collapses onto the floor and starts weeping a broken man. So and the metal benders come in. They fire their cords around him, wrap him up, start dragging him out. And the leader of these metal benders walks up to the two of you, gives a little salute and says, your service is greatly appreciated this day. To whom do I offer my thanks? You can thank the bears, sponsored by Cabbage Corps. <laughs> He's my uncle! You hear echoing from the hallway outside. <laughs> and we're happy to be of service to Republic City, officer. And I give a, a salute back. And later on, when the broadcast equipment has been brought back up, the entire populace of Republic City hears Shiro Shinobi saying, and it is only due to the great bravery of the BSSU bears that I am still standing here today. If you were thinking of rooting for them before, surely you must be thinking of rooting for them now. I'm Shiro Shinobi, signing off. And that is where we're going to end today's story in the world of Avatar Legend. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! What? Just uh, an exhilarating time. That was so stinking fun. That was so much combat. Oh, that was so fun. I love how much story is told through combat with this yeah. system, though. Yeah, you go through just the emotional process yeah. in mm -hmm. combat. Because I feel like a lot of the times in other RPG, you're just like, oh, and then I punch him and I punch him and I punch him. And then, okay, oh, he said that. Yeah, that's annoying. But like the fact that you're upset doesn't always always give like inspiration as to how you're going to proceed like in game and mm -hmm. in the construct of the game. Yeah, this system made me really feel like I actually was an earthbender and that I could do uh, what my imagination wanted to. It was amazing. Yeah, guys, if you didn't get a chance to back this RPG when it was on Kickstarter, they're still accepting late pledges. There's still a chance to get your hands on a copy of this rulebook. Give it a shot, because it is so much fun. I love this game. It's awesome. Yeah, and I can't say, wait to see all the fleshed out rules as well. I mean, this is just the quick start, you know, the 50-page the document and when, when you get get everything. Oh, so excited. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But don't you all worry. You're going to be hearing more of us doing Avatar content in the future. And if you want to stay on top of that, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be just as happy as a wimpy little prissy boy who managed to get onto a pro bending team because his uncle is sponsoring the league. <laughs> if you would go ahead ah, and nepotism. <laughs> he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. <laughs> We're also all over social at improv tabletop. If you'd like to give us a follow, you can see the stuff that we're posting about our other improvised campaigns that we do using the Fate Accelerated system. Lots of fun over there. And let's just go ahead and do a quick round of plugs. We've also got a sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, that Thomas is the dungeon master of, and I'm a player on. Lots and lots of fun. If you're into D&D 5e, that'll be a good show for you to check out. And also, I would like to plug the Avatar Wiki. There is a lot of good information on there. If you're the kind of person who might be, you know, a GM for an Avatar Legends session, and you need the name of every pro-bending team that has existed <laughs> within the canon of the Avatar universe, go check out the Avatar Wiki, and they'll have what you need. Amazing. Caleb, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, Ned mentioned it a little bit, but I would just like to plug... Uh, our other campaigns that we have. A lot of people, we've been getting words from people coming saying, you know, I came because of the Avatar stuff, but I've stayed for the other stuff, the Fate System campaigns. Give those a check out if you haven't already. I, I am honestly our biggest fan, probably. I <laughs> listen to those and re-listen to those because it's just good, wholesome fun. And maybe that can tide you over a little bit while you're waiting for some more Avatar content. 
Um, I also wanted to plug my wife and her soap shop that she has. She makes handmade soaps. They are fantastic for your skin. They are also book-themed. They make great gifts and things like that. Um, so go check out bookloversoaps.com. And she's got that website. Check her out on Etsy. You will not be disappointed. Treat yourself. That's right. McKenna, you got anything that you would like to plug? I don't have any side businesses as of yet. Um, but what I do have is um, a very crafty side. Today, while we're recording, actually right before, I made some jam. And I made strawberry and raspberry jam. And I've been making homemade bread and all this stuff. So I guess I would really like to plug getting your creative juices flowing, whether it's cooking or whether it's doing arts and crafts or whether it's just sitting and writing anything. It's just something that is just so good for your mental health and sometimes even for your physical health, depending on what you're doing. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to say, like, get out there, go make something, go treat yourself, I guess, as well. Get the soap, treat yourself, be crafty, treat yourself, and listen to the faith portion of our podcast. Treat yourself. <laughs> That's right. If you want a creative outlet that is going to occupy all of your free time, might I recommend starting a podcast? <laughs> uh, Thomas, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Well, that's a great transition because we do have a sister podcast here where I am the Dungeon Master. I cast Fireball. And uh, if you liked a lot of this combat in this Avatar Legends, then you'll like some of the episodes that we're dropping right around when this episode is dropping as well. We got some pretty intense moments coming up as well so uh Ooh, big you, bosses uh big bosses big uh and creative uh outlets there and uh uh hairy situations so if you like that suspense from battle go give us a listen as well as well as plugging the other fate campaigns here on improv tabletop go treat your ears it the message today treat yourself treat yourself treat your ears to some great content treat yourself well, once again, thanks everybody so much for joining us here in the world of Avatar Legends. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Caleb Anderton, the nepotistic nephew. McKenna Steele, a turtle duck named Tuck, and me. And Thomas, not an equalist. <laughs> <laughs> much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Thank you.